we're going to talk about him later in the episode, but I did want to start by talking about Smoke Monday and the crab legs photo. Uh, if you missed that, uh, Josh Vitale, uh, friend of the newsletter, tweeted a screen grab of it. I believe it's from his Instagram. It looks like an Instagram Live. Yeah. So, f- first of all, Smoke Monday on Instagram Live just eating crab legs in the football facility. They're on the practice field, uh, it looks like. Um, but he's got his <laughs> he's got his shades on. Just incredible, incredible shades for one. And I mean, looks like a looks like a is that Louis Vuitton bag or something like that? <laughs> or uh, I I can't remember if that's the right logo or not. I'm not cultured, but I think it's it's one of the very fancy ones. He's got it around um the jewelry with the with his logo on it it's just it's it's just a perfect it's a perfect way to spend a friday i think um i the vibes from this man alone are un, unmatched i think on this football team i wonder where they cater from that's a good question also Who there's a the lot business? of crab legs like there's a lot involved in that in that plate in front of them um so i wanted to bring it up just one because it's incredible it'll, it'll probably end up being like the It'll probably be the art for this episode because I just I just like it that much, um, but I I guess we can open with that and uh, and this crab legs yes or no yeah really mm-hmm. I've had them like a couple times and like they're okay um, I about will, oysters huh oysters no oh buddy uh, are you a raw oyster guy I will certainly indulge especially in New Orleans uh-huh. love them there uh, there's a there's a place in New Orleans that does grilled oysters that I've yeah. had before that are pretty good um, but that'd probably be the only way I would eat them uh, always circling back to New Orleans on this podcast always yes always circling but yes back to, to New crab legs to the initial question right yeah just getting getting full Jameis Winston on the on the crab <laughs> legs um, so you're obviously a seafood guy yeah, yeah. Um, although I don't tend to eat it a lot because, mm-hmm. you know, people shouts out to the seafood restaurants around here. I know you're doing your best, but it's like, well, it had to get here somehow. And, you right. know, it's, so it's like. I think some places are pretty, like, good about getting it regularly, like, especially if you're going through it a lot. But, yeah, I mean, you're also hundreds of miles inland. You know, so you're you're. I think there's a cap, maybe a lot like this offensive line where it's like still decent. You know, it's not something I have a lot. Like, I, uh-huh. so like if someone wants to go get seafood, I'll, I'll. But that is something I try to reserve for more specialty. Like when I'm Whenever when the moment there. is right because we're there, we're right. close to somewhere that's had, really fresh. Uh, so I'm a I'm I'm a shrimp guy. I don't like fish that much. Shrimp definitely. Um, I had some shrimp Friday night actually. So I, that's also part of. What I know I, you love Captain D's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this is information that yeah, I'm sure you'd be fine with it. Um, uh, w- I do remember one time calling Justin Lee or him calling me and I asked him what he was doing and he was like, he was in the drive through at Captain D's. Oh, <laughs> and I that, was is like, a, that is the place where you could certainly find Justin Lee. Yeah. The only experience that, that I think I've ever, vibe. Had, I've ever had at Captain D's, my uh, grandparents used to live in Elba, Alabama, which is not Heck too yeah. far from your stomping grounds. Mm-hmm. And because of that, there simply were not a lot of choices of places no. to eat. And so you had to go to Troy, which was about 25 minutes away. We right. went to a Captain D's when I spent a week with uh, my yeah, grandparents. That's the issue is there's like, not to get too <laughs> not to get too far in the weeds here. It's like there's not a whole lot of 
great places Elba, to eat in Troy. Uh, but like, even Troy, if you go to right. Troy, yeah, even if you go to Troy, you're you're kind of in danger. There's a good there's a good barbecue place in Troy. Shout out to uh, Hooks. I'll, I'll ride for Hooks. Um, hooks. Yeah, and there used to be one in Op too, and it wasn't as good as the one in Troy. So I think that kind of kind of like messed up my view of it for a while. But yeah. Uh, there's some there's some decent spots in Troy, but yes, that's the you know like being in being in Elvis like me growing up as well. It's like you had to drive somewhere to go anywhere. I mean, the one thing I always say is that during my time I was in high school, uh, my hometown lost a McDonald's, a Taco Bell, and a Dairy Queen all within the span of a few years. <laughs> they just shot shot up shop. And so at the end of it, you get to it and you're like, okay, well you can get Subway or you can get Burger King or you can get Hardee's or Church's Chicken. That's all we had by the end. And so, to this day, any of those restaurants, any of them, I don't go there because it was like I was like I I have I have freed myself from these from these uh, chains. So this might ruin our chance to get a sponsorship from Subway or Burger King. But speaking uh, of Subway, Justin Trudeau's tattoo. This is from their Twitter. You guys are mad at Subway because your minds are closed. If it tastes like tuna and it serves the same functional purpose as tuna. It is tuna. This made me think of Josh Vitale, noted mm. Subway. We need Josh's lover. take on this on the tuna on the tuna problem at Subway. He said yes. Finally, someone brave enough to say it. The other thing I loved is that somebody when when the tweet was out where it was like we can't we we can't identify the species of whatever the tuna is at Subway. Somebody in the replies was like, "Yeah, you think you're eating a tuna sandwich from Subway when in reality it's eating you." It's the Auburn Observer Podcast, which will never be sponsored by Subway after our opening there. Sorry, guys. It's not going to happen. Justin Ferguson, Painter Sharpless. More of a firehouse guy. I don't even like their subs that much. It just seems gestures around appropriate. (laughs) Firehouse, yeah. (laughs) We are live from the firehouse. Uh, We've got a a few things we want to discuss today. Appreciate you guys uh tuning in i uh, appreciate the uh, interest also from the subscribers early on with the uh, the koozies koozie update they're you going will, quick yeah you will it, you're listening to this on a sunday you have exactly one week to place your order if you want them that's a little marketing trick you know we want to want to let you guys know they're going we want to let you guys know there's a limited time try limited to try to warm offer. your seat up a little bit get yeah. you going you can you can order them between now and the end of the day on july 4th next week which we have to figure out what we're going to do for the podcast next week we'll cross that bridge when we get there um but uh yeah you can order them there and then we'll put a bulk order in then we'll ship them out to you later in the month so hopefully you guys will be able to get it here towards the end of uh, of July, we're kicking off summer with the koozies. A lot of people have already been a fan of them. Painter Painter uh, gave a good rundown of them in the premium podcast on on, on Wednesday. You could so. say that they are uh, they are snug. They fit they fit nicely. I have one. I've been using it, although I'm not using it right now. Nonetheless, mm-hmm. uh, good reception of the koozies. Well done, Ferg. So. We've got a few things, like I said, we want to discuss today. We want to talk about uh, the NBA Combine because you know. On Thursday or Wednesday last week, we it was just kind of oh wow, look at the height thing, look at the measurements thing. Now we have actual basketball stuff to talk about in relation to JT Thor and Sharif Cooper. We'll talk a little bit about the story I've got coming out on Monday 
at the Observer, where we take a closer look at Holden Garner, the uh, four-star quarterback commitment from Auburn in the 2022 class and kind of what that means moving forward. Um, but what we have been doing here recently uh, is kind of running through on these on these weekend podcasts, running through a position group and talking about them a little bit more in depth as we get ready for fall camp. Um, we talked about Smoke Monday in the open. Let's get to Smoke Monday right now. And the safeties, the safeties for all. Because I think, you know, we, we talked about the receivers and we've talked about we talked about how we thought the inside linebackers have kind of been really overlooked because there hasn't been a whole lot of drama. The safety position, and you can probably lump some of the nickels in there with it as well. Really fascinating group here in 2021 for Auburn because you have a leader coming back in Smoke Monday. Then you've got a bunch of new faces that are kind of mixing and matching. The guy we thought was going to be the heir apparent into the starting lineup this this upcoming season, Chris Thompson Jr., well, he's not here anymore. And so we've seen Ladarius Tennyson bounce back there. We've seen Auburn go in and get by Darius Knighton. Uh, we've seen them go get Donovan Kaufman. Uh, Zion Puckett, by the way, Zion Puckett uh, won the Iron Man of the Week, um, along with, and this is just a quick sidebar, along with, so they try to do one offense and defense, best guys and workouts and all that and it's been a thing they've done for a while now um and uh, the offensive one so bucket was it for defense the offensive one was jarquez hunter a kid who just got here and so making pretty big strides which i mean if you're a dude who can dunk in boots um you're probably going to look pretty good in workout workout spots so we got a number of guys to to kind of discuss here but this safety group is a really interesting one for me because not only is it a mix of guys that we know and new guys coming in but also this is the position group where Derek Mason has got his hands on the most this is his responsibility now he's sharing second like there's some secondary stuff that Zach Etheridge is doing as well even though he's listed as a cornerbacks coach but like this is Derek Mason especially he is a safeties guy and um, this defense is going to ask those guys to do a lot of different things Derek Mason, thank you for being good at your job. So Derek Mason is one of those guys on defense. When you see his defense, you can go back to his time at Stanford, definitely his time at Vanderbilt as well. Um, one of their big things is that, okay, they're not going to be as talented as the other team more often than not. And that even was kind of the case early on at Stanford. But one of their big things is that if you execute, if you do your job, if you play um, sound, responsible football on that side, you're gonna you're gonna be a good defense. The bad defenses really are the ones that you know have um, you know bad eyes or you know blow up coverages uh, every now and then. Um, but if you play sound football, you don't have to be a ton. You don't have to be all the five stars in the world to be a really good defense. And, and we saw that at Stanford. We saw that to an extent at Vanderbilt. Um, and so what that brings us to this group for Auburn in 2021 and Smoke Monday specifically. Because I think... There's an incorrect notion that he's not good. Yeah, there, it, it's it's not... You know, the thing is, is that Smoke is not all SEC right now, right? Could he be by the end of the year? Maybe. He's a really talented player, and we've seen him play a good bit. I think the thing with Smoke... And it's kind of the case that it is when you play that position, when you are out there on the top of the defense. If you mess up, people see it, and they notice it really immediately, especially in coverage. Guy gets behind you, you miss a tackle or something like that. People really, really uh, notice that. But last season, 
you know, second team All SEC by the AP, third team, third team from Phil Steele. I'm sure he's going to get some preseason nods as well. Um, had the targeting call, but you know, he had the pick six against Tennessee. He's he makes plays. The dude was, and even when he wasn't a starter, he was one of those guys who kind of in the vein of Daniel Thomas and and uh, and Trey Matthews to an extent, where it was just like, oh, they're just going to rack up stats because they're going to always be involved in something. A good blitzer. I mean, you remember first game of his career, you know, Washington. Yeah, he he comes through and gets and gets a big sack. Uh, or is involved in the big blitz to seal it late. Like there are a lot of dudes um, that play safety that aren't quite as versatile as he is. But I think the thing there is is that you know there's just some obvious th- times he's where he's had, up. yeah he's had and, and every player has that. But I think it, it, when you play this position specifically, it's like you know if a linebacker misses a run fit and a guy goes flying down the field for a touchdown, you might not know exactly unless you know the play and the fit like. Where you know who necessarily screwed up, right? If he's got but over, you can the, see somebody getting beat downfield. You can see that. That it's kind of like playing corner. You're on an island, and you do that. You can see when a dude misses a tackle. You can see those kind of things. And it's like Smoke is not a superstar in terms of his production yet. But I think, and I and I, and I think I, I think I may have said this when it when he got hired. I think the Derek Mason hire might benefit a guy like Smoke Monday maybe more than anybody else on this defense because I think the thing with Smoke is just can he be consistent? We know he can make plays. Can he consistency, consistently make plays? And you hear anytime Derek Mason talks, he's big on eye discipline. He's big on technique, making sure your fundamentals are squared away. And it's just if that player who can make those big impact plays can make fewer mistakes and be a more consistent presence back there, there's a lot to like about about what he brings to the table. Sweet, sweet smoke. Putting it all together under our prince, Derek Mason. You asked me before we started recording well, you know, a question about his draft star, right? Right, yeah. Like I think your answer was a good one about Sherwood and like sort of the ceiling that both of those players seem to have as college players, but I think inevitably Monday is destined for the NFL. Yeah, you know, for sure. And, you know, I'm thinking about the 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 upcoming class at safety uh, in the NFL draft. Kyle Hamilton from, uh, who's a, I believe he's originally an Atlanta kid, uh, from Notre Dame is like the one everyone's wanting to talk about a lot. Jordan Battle from Alabama is going to get a lot of love for sure. Defensive but, backs at Alabama, safeties at safeties. Alabama, getting getting love at the next level. Can't believe it. So and I, rightfully so. That's not shade. That is a position group that has uh, that has earned its merit. Yeah, and, and there's some other guys you you might want to keep an eye on. Bubba Bolden at Miami, but I mean, I would not be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if a guy like Smoke Money can make a move if he's more consistent player because we know he can make plays. You know, look at it. He had down the stretch last season. Let's just re- read off some of the, some of his games. He had 12 tackles and a sack at Ole Miss. Had a 100-yard pick six against Tennessee. Forced a fumble against Bama. Had seven tackles in that game. Had seven tackles against A&M. Had a pick and eight tackles against State. And then even in the Northwestern game, not a good game for Auburn. Two tackles for loss, nine tackles overall. Was the SEC Defensive Player of the Week uh, for that Tennessee game. He's got a lot of playmaking ability to him. I think just people are going to want to see him be a lot more consistent. And so one of the things for him this season is going to be not having Jamie Sherwood next to him. Because the thing about Jamie Sherwood, and we talked about this before we started recording, 
I think with the Sherwood and people might have been surprised. It's like, okay, why is he a third? Well, you know, why is he a day three guy? I thought he was supposed to be. You know, everybody hyped him up as this great player, and he was. It's just like his testing wasn't out of this world good, and his numbers weren't out of this world good. So it's like you just kind of have to know that oh, this dude was always in the right place and right time could do some of everything. And the Jets take him and say, well, you're big. You're gonna we're, we're gonna make you a linebacker. Um, Smoke's got more of those numbers that pop off the page. And I don't know how well he'll necessarily test. I imagine it would be pretty good. But, like, he might have a chance to kind of make a move if if he just becomes this leader in the secondary. And they're going to need him to do that because those corners are really good and those linebackers are really good. they got to be able to seal off the top of that defense. And also, he, he does a really good job helping those guys out in run support. All right. Feeling good about the smoke. Feeling yeah. good about uh, I just uh, Auburn fans. Auburn fans, you might be varying opinions on smoke. Um, you you'd be a little high, a little low on him. It depends. It depends. My thing about smoke is the fact that he is being taught directly by a guy like Derek Mason should be really good. It'd be a really good sign for him. Time goes quick, doesn't it? Freshman Smith yeah. Monday in 2018, and here we are staring down his last season. Right. Yeah. It's also funny how some guys uh, like. Uh, Trey Smith for Auburn or Hunter Renfro huh. are seemingly around for forever. And then, like, I look up and there's, you know, it, I don't know why it is because Smoke's played all of his career, but it does not feel like Smoke mm-hmm. has been here for that long of a time. I mean, Owen Papo's a junior. It's crazy. It's crazy to think about, but it's like, yeah, he's been a staple of his defense the last two years. Once, once you sit around and think about it, but yeah, the Smoke Monday being a star is for, and, and remember, you know, with the thing with Sherwood, he came in at the same time with Sherwood, and Sherwood left a year early. So it's like, it's, it's you know, it wasn't a guarantee that he was going to come back this year, and that, that he does, I think. Not only is he going to be a guy that I think can lead this position group, I think he can help lead this defense as well. Um, a lot of the coaches in the offseason, especially around the spring, talked about how much of a leader he was and, you know, vocally stepping up with with some of those guys, and I think that's a, that's a really, really good sign. The others at safety to look out for the others Ladarius Tennyson is he a nickel is he a safety my answer is yes he probably will play some of it. like that nickel spot's gonna be fascinating and I think they're gonna be more than one guys more than one guy who contributes a good bit to that spot whether it's a Nehemiah Pritchett who kicks inside whether it's a you know Tennyson who plays there whether you know it's a Donovan Kaufman or a Buddy Aries Knighton they've got a lot of dudes who could plug in there if they need him to um but Tennyson was the you know the guy last season that a lot of Auburn fans started hyping themselves up about and watching him. We're like, oh, he's got it. We just need you know when he when it's his turn to rise up, he's going to be one to watch. And his numbers weren't you know blow him away crazy. Maybe you know? yeah. I mean like Pritchett. I know they're different positions, but like what Pritchett when he was on the field. Mm-hmm stands out as somebody where it's like, okay, yeah, that guy, once he gets more snaps, is going to be one of your best players on defense. Played a lot against State, which makes sense because they were going air raid and you had to have a lot of defensive backs uh, out there. Um, But I think it's just when you watch him, the way he plays, and he's a little guy too. I mean, he's he's, he's 5'10". We love it. But really fast. I mean, just he is he is why you talk about football players as explosive. And I think it's the speed. I think it's the power that he brings. Um, Does every – I mean, I feel like explosive is a word that in any sort of draft or recruiting, oh yeah. it's going to have that listed on like a right. on a player. Well, it it okay. is a word that has probably become cliched. Right. Well, it's like when you look at um, 
when they look at 40 yard dashes, I don't know if, you know, I don't know. It, for people who follow the draft or know it pretty, or, you know, keep an eye on like pro days and stuff like that, they may know this, but one of the things they keep track of, especially with the bigger guys a lot, is when they do the 40 yard dash, they get that 10 yard split. How quick does it take to you to get to 10 yards? Because they're like, yeah, full speed, you know, a dude like Derrick Brown is not going to, you know, top out and be a great sprinter, you know? So when you. How fast can you move 300 some pounds? Like that, you know, because you're because you're only going to go short yardage, right? You know, if you're a defensive lineman, you're an offensive lineman. You're never going to go further than ten the 40 yards. Forty-yard dash. Play. I think we've talked about this is a little bit silly, but there are still some things you can glean right. from it. But that ten-yard split, those the, that they what are they looking for? Explosiveness. How quickly can you accelerate? How how fast can you come off the ball? How quick can you get that weight moving and, and go in the spot? And I think I see a lot of that in Tennyson, even though he's one of the smaller guys out there is that he can get from point a to point b quickly and he's going to come with a lot of a lot of power to him um very physical very quick i mean athletically he's got he he checks a lot of boxes for you so i I think tennyson you move him around let's see what he what he does but i mean dude 24 tackles for loss as a senior um go watch his film he he uh he rattles some jaws um with the way he can hit and so i think He's going to play a role. I just don't know. I just don't know, especially when you go out and get, and we'll talk about him here shortly, when you go out and get Kaufman, when you go out and get Knighton, is he necessarily going to be a starter on the field every play? I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of really good defensive backs back here. But I think that versatility and already being seasoned in the SEC, I think will help him go a long way. This brings us to Bidarius Knighton. So Bidarius Knighton, they go out and get a guy like Bidarius Knighton to help with some of the safety. Because remember, in the spring, they had no depth at safety by the end. Shout out Trey Elston. Um, <laughs> dear old Auburn High. By the way, Auburn High went in the seven-on-seven uh, competition That's at right. Auburn That's University. Right. Collusion, perhaps. No. No, no, no. No, no. Everything is merited with the alma mater. We do it best. That's right. Um, I have a relative. Uh, I have multiple relatives now, but working with the – Auburn High School mm-hmm. athletics, and one this of them is the reason for their success. One of them is one, okay. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. One of them was supposed to be you know, that is on the coaching side was not there with them, <laughs> and so they were playing hard for him in his absence. <laughs> um, but they go get by Darius. They go get Sweet by Darius Knighton, um, who you know just did some of literally everything for four years at at southern illinois um was an all-american candidate at the fcs level when he was young Where is southern illinois i mean we southern know it's in southern you ready you ready you want me to blow, blow yes. your mind carbondale illinois how about that look at you knowing your ish did, did i get uh the, 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 the carbondale illinois yes, founded in 1869 the, the nicest year of the 1800s yes uh, the Salukis. Yeah, he was a Saluki, and he was a really good one as like well. In the world? Is that a bird? Saluki's a dog, I think. Let's look that up. <laughs> How do you spell that? Saluki's okay. Look at Google helping me out. Hey, yeah. Saluki is a... a lot about this this uh, this Southern Illinois program for... Yep. The Saluki is a standardized breed developed from sight hounds, dogs that permit that hunt primarily by sight rather than scent. Okay. Not that bucking the trend. It's a Good tall, skinny dog with long ears. Huh. I don't know. If, I don't know if you're into that. They're they're all skinny though. Every one of these pictures are a very skinny dog. Um, but I think with oh. by Darius Knighton, uh, oh when you look at him, not sure about that. What? Got to 
put them on a weight regimen. Good Lord. My <laughs> God. Yeah, some Kevin Durant looking yeah, dogs running around out there. An unfortunate looking dog. Um, He's supposed to, in a mascot, supposed to be sort of exciting and like. Yeah. That's not it, buddy. It's like the ones that are like the mascots. Like, I think Loyola, Maryland's like this. They're the Greyhounds. And it's like, okay, you're a dog I that can run fast. I want to be able to see your rib cages. Yeah, not great. Oh, Lord have mercy. Painter, Painter says, dogs, you need to get some meat on your bones if you want his Eat respect. Up. Um, so he looks like it's uncracked. But Ears Knighton started four seasons at Southeast Missouri. Honorable mention for All-American, like we said. Um, but he played some everywhere. If you go back to the story I wrote on him in May, so last month, played 47% of his snaps at slot corner, 32% at free safety, and 19% or thereabouts at box safety. Duke can play some of everything. And he, you get a guy for a year, he's a rental, like Tony Fair, like maybe Drayshon Miller might, uh, I gotta, I gotta, Keep in mind how long Drayshon Miller. I think he might have some multiple years of eligibility left. But this dude is taking his free COVID year like Tony Fair to go play um, football at the at the SEC level and get on people's radars more. Um, he is very physical, very very physical. This is a guy who fights through traffic really well in coverage. Good run support guy, um, but just gets from point A to point B really quickly. Like like we were talking about it with Tennyson. As a hard hitter. I think him and Tennyson share a lot of similarities. Um, he uh, he said, I watched an interview with him one time where he said that he wanted to be just like uh, Tyron Matthew. And I think when you watch him hit people, it's like, oh, yeah, he's got some honey badger in him. He's on the smaller end but wants to hit you hard and, and make you feel it. So I think he's another one of those guys that like um, you know, like a guy like Ladarius Tennyson you can move him around. You can do a lot of different things with him. He's going to play a role, and he might be a starter, but it's like it'll be very interesting to see how he makes that jump up. But um, the fact that he's played four years of college football as a starter really, really helps him out because that's just a, that's just experience, man. Once you get to that point, experience is experience. It is a step up in competition, but having that post high school experience is really going to help. It is really going to help um, because, I mean, at that point, this is a grown man out there playing playing safety for you. Huh. I'm trying to find information about Miller's eligibility, but yeah. for some reason, either I'm just skipping over it as I skim. Let's see, Dreshawn Miller Redshirt was... junior at West Virginia, immediately eligible. So Dreshawn Miller, Dreshawn Miller was a redshirt junior last season. He had coming over from junior college, bump, bump, bump. So he would have one more year but could take a second. Because of the COVID. Yes, that's. I think that's. I think that's where we. But also, I think we think if he has the year that is expected, dude. If he puts up numbers like he did in the Big Twelve, there's a chance Auburn could have four guys in the defensive backfield. Bye bye, right? Because I think you think you are expecting. You know that for Roger. Roger's gone. I think Smoke gets his opportunity. If Pritchett Pritchett looks really good, he's another one easily. And then well, you got Knighton. You know. So yeah, I think I think three is pretty safe, and Mm -hmm. four seems plausible. Yeah, it's a good it's a good run they've had in the secondary. Of a guy who's like Tennyson and Knighton, but at a younger age, is Donovan Kaufman. Now Donovan Kaufman was the one I think a lot of Auburn fans were excited about seeing for a while because he is an incoming player 
that is going to have to do some catching up quickly in terms of getting ready for the season, but he already knows his defense because he played for Derrick Mason last season. He was Derrick Mason's ace recruit at Vanderbilt. He was a four. They convinced a four-star to go to Vanderbilt, and that's not very easy. He's also from New Orleans. That there we go. There we go. Coming back. Coming not home. necessarily. Not necessarily a place where Vanderbilt recruits a lot. Um, so when he left and it, the portal was a possibility for him, Auburn always seemed like the natural landing spot. Now we know that's where he's going to be. Very similar to by Darius Knight and the fact that you'll see him at nickel, you'll see him at at corner, and you can even see him at wide corner sometimes, see him at safety, both safety spots, and even some linebacker as well. I think he has got that versatility. And then I think the one thing I'm, I'm very curious about with these guys this year, and this is verging into other territory, this guy like Donovan Kaufman, only played two games at Vanderbilt last season, of course. Really good kick returner. Both of those games, he had some impact kick returns uh, for the Commodores. Tank Bigsby, Sean Chivers are your are your kick returners. You know, from last season, you can put other guys back there, but if you don't want to put, if you don't want, if you don't want Tank to get hit, if yeah. you don't want Sean to get hit as much. Not a lot of depth at that position outside of those guys. I mean, they and you have nine million. I mean, of course, you don't want to. The kick return, the kickoff and kick return is the most dangerous play in football. Um, because you're, it's the one of the few times where everybody on the field is running full speed at each other from the from the very beginning. Um, How many more years until it doesn't exist? Oh man! And I like the Within play. The I know it's going to trigger a lot of like reactionary like. We the saw the XFL experiment soft, with stuff like that. Yeah, but it's like I get it. You know, I mean, it's just a wildly dangerous play. It is exciting, especially when you when the kickoff goes well for the receiving team. It is a very fun thing that, and uh, you know, some of the best, like Reuben Foster is to this day got one of the better hits I think I've ever seen, but also uh, asking for trouble on that sort of thing. You think within the decade, huh? 2030, we're no longer doing kickoffs. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think we are. We saw the XFL kind of experiment with like not doing kickoffs. I think that was right. Or on site, it was something weird. Don't, don't quote me on that. But, I think it's such a dangerous play, and I could see them just saying, hey, you want to take it from the 25, let's take it from the 25. Uh, and I know it'll cut out a very fun part of the game whenever a guy runs it all the way back. Like, that's a that's a cool thing everybody likes to see, but it happens so rarely, and it's, I mean, the risk-reward is so, is so <laughs> stark, especially when you're talking about people's brains. I'm not sure if it was a pun or a kickoff. But I, when Auburn lost to Arkansas in 2012, like the only good play of the game was in the last few minutes, and Auburn just a player absolutely brutalized mm-hmm. in Arkansas. His mouthpiece came out. I mean, it was like, and so yeah, I get it. That is fun, but it's like also that person is a human, yeah, and like he has to get up and like then go do stuff. <laughs> and try to live the rest of his life without damage. Yeah, that's that's one of those Which things. is impossible given the circumstances. But I digress. As long as kickoffs still happen and as long as they don't just boot the ball out of the back of the end zone on every play now, which I, you know, we've seen teams experiment with like trying to get as close to the end zone as you can that'll force a run out but hitting it high and hitting it at the, at the height enough like they practice all that just so it's like all right what we're going to do is we're going to try to make sure that they have to return it but give our kickoff team as much time as possible to cover yeah so you see a lot of that happening these days but yeah i I think a guy like 
a, a guy like uh, uh, Kaufman is one of those people that you throw back there and give it a shot because as good as Tank Bigsby can be on kickoffs, and he had that one that was called back for a phantom penalty against uh, Ole Miss last season, and he had one in kind of question mark in the spring game. That was weird. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, as good as he can be on those, it's like, do you want to open himself? You want to open yourself up for your best, and I would say maybe your most important player on the team to, to get hit on a play that, again, very little uh, reward usually on those um, compared to usually just getting hit or taking a touchback. Uh, other safeties we want to run through. So I was on the Zion Puckett train um, earlier this offseason, I think coming out of spring, and heard some good things about him even though he wasn't 100%. He was the Iron Man this past week. I mean, there's some there's some good things to like about Zion. I would not be surprised if he's a guy that challenges for a starting job next to Smoke. I know they've brought in some new guys. They're going to move some people around. Puckett's a guy that I really like. Uh, keep an eye on him moving forward. He's my kind of like wild card. Keep, keep, keep tabs on him. Keep close tabs on him. You got Amari Harvey, uh, who was not 100% during the spring, um, but one of Auburn's best recruits from the 2022 or 21 class. It's uh, a great sounding stage name, Amari Harvey. Mm-hmm. Like for like for what? Whatever he decides to pursue post football, I think it's just a great name. Like a good like name for like an actor, for like a musician. A musician in particular seems to work well, but I think you know if he wants to be a stand up comic, go for it. I I was thinking probably more music wise. Yeah, stand up comic. Let's let's let's, let's put him in. Let's put him in stand up. Um, you know you've got some other guys coming in this in this freshman class these this, these summer rivals that can play safety as well. So like the reinforcements came. It was touch and go during the spring when you didn't have, you know, a ton of depth of safety and, and you were having to rely on some guys um, that are walk-ons. You're having to rely on some guys that aren't here anymore. But that should change here pretty quickly. Um, and uh, very curious to see what the safety group looks like. And, and like we said earlier with Smoke, I think under the tutelage of Derek Mason, um, there's a lot to believe that he can really, really take that next step. And this group, I think, as a whole can be a really good one because – He's going to put a lot of emphasis on there. It's going to be kind of his – it's his pet project. It's his position. It's his baby, basically. And I think that's that'll be very, very interesting to see how, how all that develops. Derek Mason rocking the baby. So we're feeling good about safeties this year? They get better? They get a little better even though we got some new faces on board? I, th- I mean, there's just a lot of talent there, and there's a lot of versatility. There's a lot of depth. Um, you know, the corners, everybody knows what you're getting in the corners and the inside linebackers. But, like, this, this – this safety group is I like them. I like the I like the amount of moving around they can do back there and I think there's once they get in the nickel thing is going to be fun to watch. When they go in nickel, when they go into dime and you start seeing Derek Mason, you know, really get in his bag there and just say, "All right, on this play you're going to do this, but then we'll move you back here or maybe right before the snap you drop here, go over there." That's that's where I think you're going to see a lot of a lot of a lot of fun stuff happening. All right. You heard it here first, folks. The heard it best, here first. The best safety group in, in all of college football, Justin <laughs> Ferguson, putting his flag down. Great. There you go. Absolutely. All right. Before we move on, uh, Painter, tell the folks at home how they can support what we've got going on right You can here. get a koozie. You can get, get a yourself koozie. a koozie. Five bucks. Five Ride bucks. for the brand, baby. But mm-hmm. if you're, uh, you know, if you've already gotten your koozie, as I know you have, because they're going quick, ladies yes. and gentlemen. Limited time, limited time offer. Rate, review, and subscribe. Mash that subscribe button. 
Help us with the podcast downloads. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Thank you guys for supporting what we're doing here. And thank you so much to those of you who are giving us your hard-earned dollars. Ferg's been working hard, cooking up some good stories, even in the off-season, I think. have been impressed with uh, the momentum you've carried into the off-season. And some of you guys are helping. Good mailbag recently here. Some good questions. Sometimes I think... You know, people are busy. We're near a holidays time, and people got it. But you guys are not slacking on the questions. Good stuff. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then we got some more stuff coming out this week uh, for subscribers you want to check out. Uh, we'll talk about him here shortly. But I have a story on Holden Garner coming out tomorrow, um, just kind of breaking down his game and what he means for Auburn moving forward. The twenty twenty two quarterback. Who doesn't move. love talking quarterbacks, baby? Especially, we love especially quarterbacks the young in the quarterbacks who aren't here yet. Yeah, he can come save the day. You know, you guys are all tired of Bo Nix. Uh, T.J. Finley's been here for like a week. You're tired of him now, so we're just moving right on to the guy who won't be here for what two years. Mm-hmm. Awesome. <laughs> so the. Uh, you can do, you can do that. Check it out. Six dollars a month, sixty dollars a year. As always, sign up there. Gets everything emailed to you. You can get get all the good get all the good stuff. But yeah, Painter, you're saying rating, review, and subscribing that means a lot to us. It helps us out a ton. We've got a couple more reviews to read, Painter. Oh, you guys been coming in clutch with it. All right, five star review here from Kren three four zero two. The only team worth spending your money on. Ooh. Painter is a cult hero. <laughs> Justin is an ever-flowing river of knowledge. I'm confident in saying if you're not subscribed to the Auburn Observer, you're not an Auburn fan. You know what, KRN? I like that energy. I like your That's, vibes, just excluding everyone until they see things, see the world the way you do. And I then like they're humans. So I love that. Yeah, That's good that vibes. That is very much Painter's way of yeah, going about Yeah, absolutely. And you don't count unless you are in the inner circles. So, good stuff. This one is from 2 Hail Manzel 2 Best Auburn content out there, period. By the beard of Zeus, Painter has a voice as smooth as molasses. Wow. You know, Painter, I'm a side side note here in the middle of this review. I've had people say they need to hear your voice more on this podcast. You need to talk more, all right? So we need you to step it up. People all love right. the voice. People you know, like most things. I, we're I, challenging you. Second half of this podcast, you got to talk. More. I enjoy sandbagging Ferg, and so that's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. You're asking, you know, I like to let Ferg cook. I like, and mainly, I like to let Ferg do all the work. Yeah, uh, Justin and Painter are kind of a big deal. Seriously, though, just subscribe already and give them your hard-earned coin. Thank you as well, Hail Manzel. Um, Were you a Johnny guy? I don't think he seems to fit. I mean, I'm sure you enjoyed watching him play, but like you, I was not all personality kind of sucked. uh, Well, and then I wasn't all on the like, oh yeah, he's definitely going to be one of the best. Like you got to draft him in the first round. He's like, I was like, eh, maybe. I don't know. He's very much backyard football. Yeah, it's interesting how there are some college players that are just so electric, and it's like. Braxton Miller. Yeah, it's like, but just not gonna. It's not gonna happen. Yeah, it's not gonna happen at the next level. And then I think maybe he could have had a better career if he didn't like partying so much. But whatever. I mean, to each their own. To each their He's own. definitely been somebody who didn't like live with consequences. So, <laughs> like, I think his dad's rich. So it's like, all right, well, I guess it would have been nice if the football thing worked out. But again, I mean, what are you gonna do? Yeah, for what sure. are you gonna do? Good for him. He's just. There was that brief window where, you know, I mean, like, like, do you think him and Drake still talk? I can't imagine I they can't do, imagine, right? No. Like, because Manziel became such a punchline. Yeah. But at one point. And Drake's you know, just, you know, kind of a cleat chaser. Uh, just yeah. whatever the next, whatever the next he one He so is. badly wants to be a basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but yes, we appreciate the the reviews for sure, and, and all of you guys subscribing. Had a big influx of subscribers over Father's Day weekend, and that was pretty cool to see. So, uh, appreciate you guys, and tell your friends, tell your enemies, all that good stuff. A couple more shout outs while we're at it. Uh, number one, uh, as we did last week, and as we will continue to do, uh, check out the guys at the War Report, R A P P O R T. Uh, they are doing some cool stuff with uh, with their subscribers, their premium subscribers over there, uh, doing some stats uh, breakdowns and videos uh, discussing them from some stats you may have seen on The Observer. So check those out as well and give those guys a subscription on YouTube and uh, check them out for all the, the great stuff they've got going on. And number two, I want to shout out uh, our next podcast we've got coming up uh, on Wednesday. We will be joined by enemy of the program, uh, Nicole Arbach. She will uh, talk. It will be, I mean, it's great timing, too. We've been trying to get Nicole on for a while, but I think this is going to be really, really good timing because we're going to talk to a lot, her a lot about NIL because it's going to be the day before NIL really goes into effect on that July 1st uh, deadline in Alabama. We'll talk about the playoff. Playoffs. We'll talk about, we'll talk about, um, We'll talk about what she thinks of Brian Harson and this Auburn team heading into 2021. Um, she... Um, She's talked to Brian. Uh, I know at Boise State they talked several times in the past and interviewed. And I wonder how much more familiar has it, with familiar with several people on the staff. So it'd be good so to hit, get her perspective. When you're at a group of five school, not uh-huh. a group of five school, but when you're at a Boise State or a group of five school, I should right. say, Boise's probably not unlike Bruce Pearl at the beginning of his tenure. Bruce, I think, was always doing whatever he could to generate right. some sort of attention and excitement. And I yeah. think at Boise that element probably exists, and certainly at some of the better group of five schools yeah that's why you put blue turf down and you do you do the crazy like what do you think his like accessibility is like now i would imagine it's more limited one because he probably doesn't need it at all right yeah yeah. and and like maybe maybe there's more to do at a program like auburn certainly i think the pressure is more felt i don't know if there's actually more to do but that like i think bruce you could answer this better than i could Mm -hmm. but at one point i think bruce was just not in the business of saying no he was just Anywhere, all the time. Yes, let's party. Because I but mean, now Auburn, it's like Auburn not basketball necessary. is a doormat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Because Auburn basketball, he can, he is a can choose to be selective. And Auburn football, people can be frustrated on you know the end of the Malzahn era, and they can be frustrated with some of the win loss records. But the fact of the matter is, it's still a top top fifteen program in college football every single year in terms of size, in terms of money, in terms of recruiting, in terms of interest. Well, and it's so frustrating as a fan. But we've talked about this. Like for the most part. I mean, it was frustrating how you arrived at the four losses most years. Right. But Malazan was kind of delivering you in terms of where you were in recruiting on the whole. You could maybe say they underperformed a little bit. Some of the losses were head Especially on offense. Yeah, but, like, I think you've made the point that, like, they were probably recruiting between four and six in the conference most seasons, and that's sort of where they would end up most seasons. Pay them, yeah. Yeah, it's all all, kind of works out together, but – doesn't mean that I don't think they can be a little bit consistently better. Yeah. I will say this. I will say this. Harson's availability and access during spring practices were was a lot better than I expected. Maybe it's just because I was used to it not being very open at all. <laughs> uh, and it's for the beginning of the tenure. He probably is trying to endear himself yeah, to the he's fans. Not, and maybe not so much the he's media, not but the fans. He's not a buddy-buddy with the media. No, I don't think so. No, he doesn't have to be. That's not part of his job, right? Like, you know. We can sit and complain about access and stuff like that, but at the end of the day, he's getting paid to win football games, and however he feels like is the way to do it is going to be the way yeah, he does it. Yeah, I mean, it. you know, if you win, fans are not going to care very much about media access. Yeah. But a lot of interview times, 
you know, getting to talk to all the assistants and stuff like that. I mean, that was, I, I'll be very interested to see what it looks like in fall camp and in season, especially with stuff opening back up, um, you know, pushing back on the uh, COVID regulations from what we had been used to this past year. So, I mean, I, I have optimism. I have optimism that, you know, he's never going to be necessarily one of those guys who's going to be everybody in the media's best friend because I don't think that's his personality. But again, as someone who covers him, I don't necessarily want that either. I just want to be able, for me, it's just like whenever we talk to you and I ask you a question about something football-related, you can give me a good answer. That's all I really care about, and I I like what he said in the spring. I think, you know, there were some times where, you know, he got long-winded with some of his answers. There's coach speak in it, but every coach is like that. Every football coach in America is like that. But I'm trying to fill more, Way more often than not, when I asked a question, I felt like, okay, I got – I mean, there was the there was that time coming out of, of a um, – at the second to last scrimmage, where I asked him a, I asked him like a seven word question about Bo, and he gave me a nine hundred word response, and that ended up being my Monday story. A lot of that stuff in there, and it ended up being a story that a lot of people liked reading because um, it was some insight we hadn't really gotten yet about it. So it was like, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that a hundred times out of a hundred. You don't have to be, you don't have to be super friendly with me either to to do that. We just keep it rolling. So. Yeah, it'll be curious. We got Kirshner's opinion. It'll be interesting. You know, to hear what it is Nicole thinks about him and his time at Boise and what he brings here. And maybe there's not a whole lot to be unturned at this point. I mean, we've, we've dissected mm-hmm. a lot of Harson since he was hired and like why it makes sense on paper to get a guy who never had as much talent as the big teams in college football, but was sometimes able to beat them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that'll be one element. I'm really curious to hear more about the playoff stuff because that keeps coming up. And then, like you said, name, image, and likeness right around the corner. So something to look forward to. We'll, with a, we'll have a lot to discuss with Nicole, and that will come out on Wednesday. Um, and so we might have that for subscribers this week, and we'll we'll probably unlock it at some point down the line, um, maybe around. Uh, who, who knows? It might end up being our podcast on Memorial, or on uh, 4th of July next week just because it's a – a weekend uh, that we will be. Yeah, I don't know how many how many of you are going to be listening to podcasts this upcoming week. Like you probably will we be might doing just do that. Honestly, things. we're just talking out loud right here and just thinking. Uh, we might end up doing that. We might up we might end up unlocking it for our to you know in place of our podcast next week. I don't know. We'll see. We'll check it out. Um, yeah. So the Holden Garner story coming out on Monday. If you're a subscriber, check that out. Um, I watched a lot of his film over the weekend. Keep an eye on some on some things about him. I think it was funny. I have to like every time I write about like a guy is like, especially with a f- quarterback, and they talk about technique. I'm like, oh crap, I don't know. Like, you, you think I know everything there is to know about you know technique? There were a few things yes. that I was like, there were a few things that were I was like, okay, maybe maybe this is where some people want to kind of get better in this area, this area. But um, really impressed. Which I mean, it's hard not to be impressed by a dude who had like ten times more touchdowns and interceptions last season like he's a he's a good quarterback that i think is gonna be a good fit in this offense moving forward and like we said uh i believe it's thursday wednesday or thursday um later this week i'm pretty sure it's wednesday uh starts the elite 11 finals and so he when auburn got a commitment from him it was before national signing day this year for the 2021 class in february he was a three-star and some people were like why are they taking a three-star quarterback this early? Why aren't they swinging bigger? And ever, I mean, in the last, however many, the last four months, all he's done is just risen up the rankings. He's now a top 15 quarterback in in the country, um, and 
going to the Elite 11 Finals. So uh, pretty good honor there. Interesting note, too, next season, if Bo Nix comes back and everybody stays at Auburn, Bo Nix, Demetrius Davis, TJ Finley, and Holden Garner will all be four, all four quarterbacks will have played in, will have participated in the Elite 11 Finals. Um, Surely someone in that group will yeah. turn out to be a good quarterback at college, at the college level. Uh, before that run, Auburn's quarterbacks ever who have been in the Elite 11 finals, there were only five, I think. So like Kyle Frazier. Jarrett Stidham, which I mean. Neil yeah. Cottle wasn't. Neil Cottle was. Neil Cottle, Sean White, Kyle Frazier, Zeke Pike. Zeke Pike. So I mean, that's what I'm saying is that Auburn's TBT. had as many. Auburn has has had as many elite eleven quarterbacks. Garner signs that will have almost as many elite eleven quarterbacks in the last few years as they've had. You know, they get Finley via transfer than they had in the whole decade plus that this thing was going on beforehand. So that's it's it's a new era. Zeke Pike rose from adversity to build an e-commerce powerhouse. Yeah, I read. Yeah, I read. So he uh he had a you know he. His life kind of spun out of control there for a little for a little while, and it sounds like he uh, was able to get back get back Fun on the right track. Passion at Amazon, my God, yeah, good for him. Yeah, and this picture—if this is where he lives—it's things are going well. <laughs> All right, you want to talk basketball now? Yeah, did anyone have a better week in the entire world than JT the JT Thor? Thor. <laughs> People are asking. People are asking that. I mean. We talked in the as we said in the podcast in the midweek podcast about like oh wow Sharif Cooper's tall um, oh and look it was a typo yeah uh, even still that's a weird typo too because you got it wrong twice right yeah whatever I, my yeah. thing is that he's also, probably taller than we thought he was but he, he probably not yeah but not by more than a half inch right I was on the drive uh, last Thursday and this dude called called in and he said that uh, when he was there was a year growing up where he grew. 10 inches in a in, in over a summer and it was like because he was really really short and then he got not short really quick i don't believe you and uh i i kind of believe it because you see that sometimes with certain people i think anthony davis is a great example that- i so hold on growing like more than i mean that is essentially an almost inch a foot a month yeah that is a lot that is a lot that is a lot. How much I, I, I've he, heard how it happen. How though. much did Anthony Davis? Because yeah, maybe. it was like ten inches in like a year. It was it was it was pretty quick. There, were, there was a guy Blake that I went to high school with, and he was about my height. Right. Uh, and now he's not your height. And now he's about like six three ish, six four. Wow. I mean, and like so yeah, I remember maybe after like our sophomore year. Of yeah. High what school, if you? Yeah. What if you grew as tall as me, Painter? Oh God, I'd be in the NBA. <laughs> No, you wouldn't. But <laughs> no, I would not. Uh, but I can tell myself that. But JT Thor, when they actually put the ball out there and start doing basketball things, he goes out has a great workout. Uh, he hits more threes than any big man in you know, fifteen and twenty five. Yeah, it was something crazy. Like which we talked about this the other day. He went to Rupp Arena and set it on fire in that in that loss Auburn had up there. It's like he has that ability to get hot. Watch out. Um, as you would expect, a young player who went to college early like was inconsistent at times, but there would be things he would do, and you're like, okay, yeah, that guy's absolutely a freak, whether it was getting hot from three, whether it was the athleticism, the ability to take the ball up the court, some timely steals. Uh, I'm excited to see that, you know, good Lord, they need to feed the man and get him in a weight room 
so he's able to go against some of those guys in the NBA. Like, perhaps the most excited I've been for an Auburn player. I know Chuma was, you know, people loved Chuma, but uh, I can't wait to see what happens with, with Thor's career. So this info is from a friend of the program, Nathan King, at, at Auburn Undercover, and he says this, Checking in at six foot nine, the forward tie with the second largest wingspan, had the fifth tallest standing reach, and tied for the third lar- largest hand length of anybody at the combine. Uh, went fifteen to twenty five individual individual three point drills. He was set to participate in the five on five scrimmage portion of the combine. However, he pulled out of the scrimmages after meeting with NBA scouts and personnel on Wednesday. Normally, you don't want to, you know, but this is this is this uh, is a good time to pull. And out. Nathan, as Nathan put it, puts it, and I quote: "Oftentimes." A player cutting parts of their combine experience short signifies that an NBA team or teams has made it with significant interest known and has told a player who was selected him with a certain pick in the draft. I don't know if he pulls out of the combine if he's not going to be a first-rounder. There's some mock drafts that have him going early second, which is where I think a lot of people thought he was going to be. But, man, if he's putting up numbers like that. Yeah, pulling out of something indicates that – He's probably been what 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 is it made a little guarantee that hey if you're there, you're ours. This is a part of an interview he gave. This is a hoops hype, which is a USA Today outlet. He says this. Uh, the question was, when you talk to scouts and executives at the combine, what are you going to tell them? JT Thor replies, "I think I'm going to be one of the best players in the world someday." <laughs> Love that. That's the confidence I go in with every day. Ever since I was in high school, I just kept better and kept getting better and developing. A few years from now, that's where I see myself. I'm trying to be confident, though, and not cocky. I know that early on I can do well in catch-and-shoot situations and attacking closeouts and playing with a high motor. The guy should still be in college. The guy should still, you know, should be be getting ready for his first season of college basketball right now. He's going to the NBA Combine, which has a wide variety of players of different ages from all over the world, and he does better than any big man at shooting the ball. He does better, uh, I guess you're not doing better, you just are better, um, <laughs> in those some of those measurements. Then he feels good enough after talking to the scouts that he's not going to be involved in the scrimmages. The man's going in the first round, I think. I don't know where, but as I wrote in the uh, mailbag on Friday, the Atlanta Hawks at number 20 would be fascinating. The Phoenix Suns, which are currently in the... In the uh, uh, Western Conference Finals up 2-1 as we record this are in the mix there. Um, kind of towards the back end. The Denver Nuggets make a lot of sense. Well, any of these playoff teams where you're like, the thing with Thor, as we've said, is this. I don't need you to be a superstar right now, but, buddy, if you can be a superstar later, we can feel like we stole somebody with it. With it. You know, if you in three or four, if, if look, let's just take JT's war, Thor's word for itself. If you think you can develop into one of the best players in the world in a few years, we'll take you in the end of the first round, knowing that you don't have to be that right now. But when the light comes on, watch out. I mean, how many times have we seen late first round picks become superstars in time? Pascal Siakam is a great example. Uh, we just watched, we just watched, uh, the MVP of the league came out of the second round. First time that's ever happened. You know, there are a number of guys that have been picked towards the back of the first round or in the second round that have become great players uh, and, and star star talents in the NBA. JT Thor has that potential because JT Thor 
like you said and you said earlier, JT Thor has been blessed by God with certain attributes that they just don't let very many people have those. Like you don't, you're not that tall and that fast. You are not that tall and that long and can move like that. And, and so you put that together with a shot that's continuing to develop and improve. And then just say, yeah, man, turn into a cyborg on defense. It doesn't matter who's in front of you. He wants to say, I can guard one through five. Who's to argue with him? If he moves his feet well and he he has the mental side of defense going, which you saw him develop over the course of last season, probably the best defensive player for Auburn by the end of the year. Yeah, man, like he's going to be a matchup nightmare. I don't know how you guard him if he if you get, if he gets going. Like I don't know who you use to guard him. And then defensively, it ain't like you can isolate him on a switch and just say, oh, we want this guy on him. Mm, okay, he's big enough <laughs> and athletic enough to, to to hang with whoever you throw in front of him. You, the listener, Auburn fans, inner circle members, what player who has been drafted in the last few years, Chuma, Isaac, and then, of course, I think Sharif will be thrown into this, are you most interested to see what happens with their career? Because, like, Chuma, you've got the nostalgia of yep. him being with the team for a few years, the Final Four run. Isaac was just the best player on the court most nights, and that was, I think, exciting for Auburn fans. Because like, oh yeah, and that we first have a- year, and the, and his rookie year in the NBA played more minutes than any other rookie. wasn't a great offensive player, but got to be better towards the end of the season. But he was out there beer because. The Cleveland Cavaliers literally could not <laughs> afford to <laughs> to not have him on defense. And then Sharif, there were just multiple years of like, all right, you're getting one of the best pro- players in program history. Yeah. Then you had to wait because of all the nonsense. And so I think the buildup for Sharif yeah. was so exciting. There was some of a payoff, although I think it wasn't quite what we'd hoped for. Some of that was out of his control. Like Of those players, I think I can make a real argument that I'm most intrigued about the direction and, and trajectory of Thor's career. Yeah. Yeah, because I think, you know, being young for his draft class, I think, makes a, makes a huge difference there. But this is a dude who should have been playing high school basketball last year, and there were times where he looked like the best player on the he floor. He may get drafted ahead of Cooper. We don't know, obviously. Maybe it shakes out the way we've thought. I think both week. of them go back into the first round to some, to some playoff teams. I mean, for the last year or more, we've been operating off the presumption that Cooper would be drafted ahead of Thor. And, and for the first time now, it's yeah. like, who knows? Yeah. But it's he's not. I don't. It seems highly unlikely that Thor will get drafted above what sixteen. Where was Chuma taken? Chuma was taken. Chuma was taken fifteen. And then you because got, it was the first playoff team that was in. Isaac was at five, and then I kind of assume it's just hard to know. It's like maybe JT gets drafted behind all those guys. Yeah, but also does have the upside to be the best of all of them. I, the way the way he handled the combine, especially with pulling out of the scrimmages, I think it's just there's got to be one or two teams that are picking towards the back of the first round that have said, look. We don't have a lot to lose. Yeah, like we, you know. And that's why the Hawks made sense to me. I mean, I know, you know, you're kind of playing to the crowd a little bit there by, by projecting them to the Hawks. But one of the things that makes sense to the Hawks for me is that you look at the Hawks – Right now, they're one of the deepest, youngest teams in the NBA. Okay, they are currently tied one-one in the Eastern Conference Finals. They've gone farther than any team in Atlanta history in the NBA, and they've got young talents in Trey. And then if they are able to keep on to John Collins, that's a one and a five that are just really, really good. They've got a collection of wings and stretchy kind of forwards that they can put out there. 
But if if you're committed to Thor being okay, go be this world eating power forward that can be super athlete. I mean, can you imagine Thor and John Collins on the same team? It's just like <laughs> Trey Young's going to be able to pick and pop and pick and roll people to death. And and so that's the thing with Thor that makes a lot of sense. The Hawks don't need it; wouldn't need him right now to be a superstar. Neither the Suns, neither the the um, Nuggets teams that also have been. You know, link to him in mock drafts. Give him a year or two, let him get his feet wet. Yeah. And then do you perhaps get the outside that we've talked about with Thor for the last year? Where it's, and like, it's just when the light comes he, on, watch out. Yeah, maybe he does become one of the, the, the team's best players. Right. Um, meanwhile, Sharif Cooper, uh, we're recording this on Saturday. While we're recording this, Sharif apparently, according to the people at the Combine, he done um, blowed up. had an incredible workout. Um, people are really, really excited about what he what he's going to bring to the table. We talked about it uh, last week in the podcast. We talked about it in the mailbag. I think Lonnie's trying to make us into the Knicks observer, as he said. Um, but, like, the New York Knicks need a point guard. They need an attacking point guard. And, you know, I think a lot of Auburn fans would love to see Jared Harper get that opportunity. But it seems safe to say that it's cool that Jared has constantly gotten an opportunity. It's very obvious that the Knicks don't think he is a guy that they are going to rely on. And I guess it. my armchair analysis of it would be that, like, he's a really good player. But given the thing he can't control, which is that he's a short god, like, he probably needs to be a lead at something. And I think he's just good at a number of different areas, right? I can't, I don't know if there's anything about Jared Harper's game at the NBA level that screams, I'm a lead. Yeah. But will forever be Do one I of think the most beloved minutes? Auburn players of all time. Do I think he should probably be able to get minutes on an NBA team? Yes. I've seen some very bad point guards playing the NBA. Good Lord. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is from Jonathan Giveney, Draft Express, said Sharif was awesome, big time workout collecting all the footage and posting later today. I think you're going to start seeing a lot of hype around Sharif. The Knicks, um, I've mentioned it in the past. There are some of these teams that are towards the that are playoff teams that would make sense. I've said the Lakers and the Clippers, both teams that don't necessarily have we don't have point guard of the future on this team, right? You pull up the you pull up the NBA draft order since we had the the, the lottery already. Yeah, okay, so you pull you pull up the teams that made the playoffs or, you know, kind of in around that range. The Grizzlies don't need a don't need a point guard. They've got Ja. Um, the Knicks could use one. I've seen people mock Sharif to the Hawks. It's like, okay, solidify your backup point guard spot behind Trey Young, and then see what you got moving forward. That's a possibility. The Lakers, like I said, don't really have don't really have like, hey, this is our our guy for the future at the position at the position that you want to use. The Rockets have nine million picks, maybe. The Nuggets, eh, perhaps. Don't see the Nets picking him. Don't see the Sixers picking him. We'll see about the Suns with, uh, yeah, with what they do with Chris Paul. And the Given Jazz have and the Jazz have Mike Conley. What do you think CB three does? Because they've he wants know, a big he's, deal. He's gotten a lot of credit with the Suns. They are on a hot streak right now. Their GM has made nothing but good moves recently. Mm-hmm. So I'll be curious. Shout out James Jones. And like I was full, you know, when when he was done with the Rockets and he kept getting injured. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, please just go ahead and retire, Chris Paul. I don't want to watch the stage of your career where we're thinking about all the fun things you were doing and how you can't do right. that anymore. And all he did was go and make OKC a team that 
overachieved and had no business being as good as it was. And then yep. this year he has been a big part of, not the only reason, I mean, but really, a big part really, of their success. Yeah, really helped like a guy like Shady Ellis Alexander take the next step and become a legit, really good guard in the league. Yeah, could not have been more incorrect about I thought we were watching the sundowning phase of Chris Paul's career. Yeah, and he's and had he, a phenomenal two years. And since he came he back. The he had the COVID absence here and didn't play particularly. Nobody for the Suns necessarily played particularly well in Game Three uh, against the Clippers. But like, if they win this series or if they win it, especially if they win a title, it's like, yeah, he helped. He having that point guard was a, like having one of the best point guards who has ever played the game. Uh, and I think Chris Paul is something like he has more points scored and maybe more All Star game appearances either one or the other or both, of anybody who's never played in an NBA Finals. This is his, cha- this is his chance. But, yeah, he unlocked Devin Booker. He unlocked uh, a guy like uh, a, a guy like DeAndre Ayton to be that. I mean, Michael Bridges. There, there's, a, there's a lot of really good young talent on that Suns team that, you know, CP3 was able to do. And, and, and who knows, man? Maybe, maybe CP3 stays, right? And then it's the same argument people are making with um, – Sharif to the Hawks or something like that. If the Suns could go get him and say, hey, Chris Paul is our guy. We think you're Chris Paul Jr. Learn. Well, not Chris Paul Jr. There's actually a Chris Paul Jr. Um, but, yeah, the, the point is taken. that It's like you get a year or two or whatever yeah. to, to learn under you kinda do the minutes. You kind of do the Pat Mahomes, Alex Smith thing, and even though Alex Smith is not the Chris Paul of, the, of his sports, but it's like we're getting a guy. We know you're not going to be the guy yet, but we'll we'll turn you loose in a little bit. And I think there are a number of teams that fit that bill, and I think the Suns would be one of them. But will he be around when the Suns are picking? I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, who knows? Could he be? Could Thor be around when the Suns are picking? That might be a question as well. Because Thor is just like, all right, moving forward, you have point guard Booker, Bridges, um, Aiton, and JT Thor as your lineup for the future. Well, that's a very fun basketball team. And those of you who are listening, who are Suns fans, I know there are a couple of them out there. Y'all'd love y'all'd love to see that. So I think it's just pretty wide open. I know some Auburn fans, when it happened, when they went into the draft, are like, okay, why are these guys going if they could come back and be better prospects next year? And I get that. I understand that, you know, especially from the fan perspective. But I think with the way these guys are playing at the combine, the way they've measured, the way they've tested, uh, the feedback they've gotten from teams, they're gonna be able to land in some good situations. Where I think both of them might not have to be superstar guys right away for their teams, but can develop in time and also can win some games. Because as good as it is to be a top five pick and the money is real good, and as good as it is to be a near lottery pick and the money's real good as well, Jumo Kiki and Isaac Cora have done a lot of losing in the NBA. And, like, that can't be fun. Like, <laughs> like it's good to be that level, but if you're not going to be top five, landing, in a, landing on a team that has – eyes on competing for win. a championship right yeah and the magic it's like maybe it's hard yeah it's like they took a hit in the in the lottery as well they don't have a coach yet like it's poor nathan king it's just like when will this team be good again yeah. you know you had that what they made it to the finals mm-hmm. what a decade ago or however long ago yep. it was and it's like all right you know well yeah. it's just hard to imagine orlando in the next decade yeah it, getting into a position it's like, like that it's like you know, the Suns were so bad for forever, and they hit on two superstars. Aiton looks great. Devin Booker is going to end up being one of the steals of the of, of this last decade in the draft. Then they get a guy like Chris Paul. They trade for a dude like Michael Bridges who ends up being 
a really good piece for him. Like for the Magic, they are all in on being very, very young right now, and it's like, you know, maybe Chuma can turn into one of those guys that they can rely on as a regular starter moving forward. That's definitely possible. And they've got some pieces that they like, but additionally, it's like, is there a big name free agent that's going to kind of help t- help them tie it all together? I don't know if that guy's going to Orlando because just Orlando's just been so dysfunctional the last few years. So hopefully they'll turn it around for for a guy like Chuma's sake. So are you a truther on the Shreve Cooper type of thing? You're thinking there could be that maybe that because that was the it's word. It's just a weird. It's just that was weird. The word. That it was that a was, typo, and you make a good point that it's like, and also like it was supposed to be six oh three and not six three, but it's like also you don't measure heights in thirds of inches. Like uh, that was the I don't get all that. And I just think generally, like these, you know, the NBA and the NFL, like these things are so well run. That's Mm -hmm. a pretty, like, that's a pretty egregious error to make talking about a guy who's undersized and you're putting that out there. And uh, yeah, it's a little interesting there. Yeah, I want to be a little true. How much? How much do you think if you? How much do you think you'd be able to get away with with your height? Like what you could say maybe five ten, but I don't mm-hmm. even, I don't even think that because I think I'm maybe on this the, is I think maybe I'm this on is a taller person of five nine so it's like some people I think might be like are you even five nine so like five ten you know it's kind of like the average American height I think for men uh thereabouts anyway and it's like I think when you look at me it's like uh you're no I'll, I'll I'll tell you this if you were less than six feet tall you can be anywhere between five six or five seven and five eleven I might not be able to tell the difference <laughs> Just be like, you're just shorter. Sorry. It's yeah, like, it's just from up here, it makes no difference yeah, to no, me. No no problems here. You elitist. No you uh, of yes. the rule. Very much class. very much an elitist looking down on you guys literally. Um all right. JT Thor, Shreve Cooper, they done blowed up. Yeah. I again I think they're gonna land into some really good situations. And what is that going to do? Make it easier for Bruce Pearl to get on the old recruiting trail, which he's doing this weekend uh, as well, and, and taking advantage of those uh, those observation days that the uh, NCAA allows him to have. So appreciate you guys listening. That'll wrap it up here for this podcast. As we said, midweek podcast with Nicole Arbach. We'll have that. We may have another podcast around this time next week. If We'll, we'll see how it all works out. We might unlock it for the free feed next week as well uh, to kind of fill in for the 4th of July. Uh, for those of you in the inner circle, tune in later in the week to hear us talk to Nicole, and uh, it should be a pretty good conversation about a lot of different things involving Auburn in college football. Newsletters out this week, mailbag, order your koozies between now and July the 4th. You know, We'll put that order out on July the 5th and then get those out to you uh, whenever we can, whenever they come in, as soon as they come in, because we're already getting ready to pack up those bad boys and and get them out there. We're already preparing the materials. Painter, you got anything else to leave us with? Hmm. I've got nothing. I am a blank slate. You being silenced for your views? Yes. Yes. I'm being being told what I can and can't say. Once again, I am being attacked for presenting new ideas. I love you, Johnny Depp. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again Because a vision softly creeping Left its seeds while I was sleeping And the vision that was planted in my brain Still remains within the sound of sound